0: Well, guys, today you are in for a very special episode. We have on the show Cornelius Christopher. Now, Cornelius is courageous and in this conversation opens up his life in a raw and passionate way to show us that we are all urgently in need of changing the way we treat each other. His story of awakening is one of the most inspirational I've ever heard. It is enlightened, and every syllable of this conversation is full of honesty, bravery, and so much
1: more. So let's dive in.
0: I'd like to welcome to the show Cornelius. Christopher, how are you doing, Cornelius?
1: I'm really, really good. Thank you, Alex, for
2: having me on board. I'm uh, really, really excited to be part of what you're doing, what you're creating, your message, your inspiration, your hope, and how to empower other people. So. I really appreciate that that you've given me this time to um talk about what we're going to be talking about,
0: yeah, my friend. and thank you so much for those kind words i am I am a fan of what you do, and uh, I just got done reading your book One o, which is a, it's a short read um it's, uh, it's it's it definitely can hold down a house during a hurricane, uh, mm-hmm. but it is a powerful, powerful book, and uh, you've lived a very interesting to say the least, life uh, thus far. So we're going to talk about your awakening and what your life was like before your awakening. So that's my first question to you. What was your life like? And I I, I know these answers, a lot of these answers already because I've read your book, but there's a, a short version because we, we could be here all day. But yeah. what was your life like prior to this spiritual awakening you had? Um.
2: Well, the book starts off from the age of seven years old. And at the age of seven years old, we're rather going into like real details because it is a very open, raw, honest account of my life, my traumas, my pain, my suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's probably where it stayed at seven years old. I never got out of that vibration, that low vibration of life can actually work out, you know. You know, seeing my seeing mum, my you know, get raped at seven years old, you know, happened to me, you know, raped, abused, molested from seven to 13 years old, you know, passed around. You can't get out of that vibration. You just can't see a way out. And no matter how I tried to, no matter how I tried to make friends, I couldn't make friends with this person. So I always looked on the outside always looked on something that I was lacking that I didn't know I was lacking, and that was love. Love, kindness for myself, joy, compassion, empathy, understanding. So all of my life, I've just attracted, in a low vibration, the wrong people. That's how I saw my life. You know, Never made a friend in my life, Alex. Unable to make a friend until I met my beautiful wife. People just took everything from me to the point where my inner voice... Just said enough is enough. Commit suicide, find your happiness, restart, come back down, we try again. So when your mind is so negative, when your programs, patterns, loops, your subconscious beliefs are saying you're not good enough. Who wants to be with you, right? Um, you're not smart enough, right? Um, when those programs, patterns, and loops just are constantly on, on play, 24-7, they do not stop you're not worthy, right? Then what you're going to do is listen to the inner voice, your mind, your ego, your monkey mind, your chatter, because you believe that's who you are. Like many, many people around the world, they believe that this is who they are because that's who's having a communication with you. Mm -hmm. So why would you not listen to yourself? And that's where, you know, at the age of 45, I was going to commit suicide. You were planning. Because, it. You know, you, yeah, you were I, I planned I planned everything, right? I you know, one of the things is I was a I don't know how to say this and I'm not taking the Mickey or being um, being rude in what I'm saying, but I was a, a considerate suicidal person, which meant I laid out the foundation where my wife would benefit financially because she's already she's gonna be in grieving anyway, right? But in but she doesn't have to like worry about money and don't have to worry about rent and that. So I I laid everything out. It took me six months to have a plan of how I was going to do this uh, effectively. And um, yeah, I was two months away from committing suicide. And then on March the 29th at 926, I had a, uh, you call it spiritual awakening. I call it awakening of consciousness or consciousness awakening. When I realized that it did not matter, Alex, it did not matter how I got to what I experienced and what I experienced on that day is a quantum superposition. That's what physicists call it, meaning one or more, two, more, one or more realities existing in the same time, same space. And in that space, through this experience that I had, I saw myself commit suicide while my wife held me in her arms and she was heartbroken, she was gone. Now, what I realized is that my mind, my inner voice, my ego, it got me to this point. And I was listening to it. But here's the thing. If my mind wanted me to commit suicide, Alex, then who is showing me how to get out of it? Can't be two of us. One can't tell one person commit suicide and then say don't. So what happened is it didn't matter who treated me, how bad I was treated, even treating myself with disrespect, no love. I realized that I had a choice to make. And that choice was... Do I create pain and suffering for my wife? Or do I create pain and suffering for myself by not committing suicide? And in this beautiful experience that I had, where I confronted the ego, I confronted my past, I confronted my future, I decided there and then not to commit suicide. And what followed was five hours of what most people call a kundalini awakening. I'm going to call it awakening of consciousness because I don't have an inner voice. I have no ego. I have no chatter. I have no monkey mind. I have pure silence all the time. And it's been like that for three and a half years.
0: Okay. So let's dig into that for a little bit because you say these things Um, uh, and everyone listening is going, I'm sorry, what? You have no ego. uh, You have no inner voice. How is that even possible? Uh, Even as a functioning human being, don't you need thoughts? Don't you need ideas to flow in and out? Or, or how is it being processed in your world then?
2: So the first, right, so this is the beautiful thing. So the first nearly three and a half years still doing this now, I have to live by post-it notes. I have no subconscious telling me that this is what I have to do. I have no subconscious saying, by the way, you know, you got to go and make a cup of tea. By the way, you got to eat. I have nothing there telling me this is what I have to do. So for the first three and a half years, I lived by It's almost like post-it notes all over the wall. This is not sponsored by post-it notes, okay? Mm -hmm. But I had post-it notes all over the wall telling me this is what I needed to do. Because what I used, what I did do is live my life consciously. I made conscious efforts, one from the heart, not the mind anymore. So I lived from this space rather than this space. It's a challenge, Alex. It is a challenge every single day because when you have no inner voice or subconscious mind, you really have no memory. So I literally have around about 95% memory loss. So every single day is a brand new day.
0: But yeah, you still remember people, you still remember events, things like that. Post-it notes, yes. So are we, cause we had, we've had a couple of conversations prior to this. Did you not remember those conversations? No. You didn't remember them? No.
2: No, because what happens is in the in what it's a beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful gift in what I do, because I help people who are in, who are in pain and suffering, right? And I listen to all their problems. A lot of people would take their problems on board, and then they would
1: probably live with them. They'll talk about it in the mind. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But because I have no memory,
2: after around about twenty minutes, I have no idea what we just talked about. So I don't take on their pain and suffering. I can help them in the present moment. That's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing. I can help them in the present moment, but I don't take on their pain and suffering. Which is a very unique way of actually moving forward in life for so me. So
0: then, how do you how do you remember the things that you're even talking about now? These concepts, these ideas, your story in general. Mm-hmm.
2: Post-it notes, teleprompter, book right next to me, (laughs) right? I have to have all of this laid out because it is really difficult. So the other thing, because your audience won't understand it because I can talk quite quickly and in flow, is because I have no inner voice, I'm able to channel pure consciousness, which allows consciousness to move through me or, or work through me. And it's why I can actually talk without actually really taking any break regarding what I'm supposed to be thinking next. I just allow it to happen. So people call it channeling. Yeah, people call it channeling. I don't really call it channeling. I just say this is an empty vessel. I've got no inner voice. So there's no friction. So the ego doesn't get in the way. The subconscious doesn't get in the way. The beliefs don't get in the way. So what comes through is exactly what comes from source. And so going back to how do I cope? How do I move forward? I live in flow. I allow consciousness to show me what I need to do
0: all the time. And so then uh, does consciousness have memory of the people you're talking to?
2: No, because I have no memory to ask consciousness who that person is and what I'm supposed to be talking about. So I can't generate a question. Because I have no inner voice, I'm unable to generate a question. So what I do in my live sessions is when I do coherence healing sessions, afterwards we open up to a, you know, 900 people and those 900 people ask me a question which means I'm able to ask consciousness a question, which means they get the answer that they're wanting. But I'm unable to generate that question.
0: Well, let me ask you then, how fulfilled are you then as a human oh being? Like, I'm just, I'm just curious yeah. because our existence is memory. Our existence is loved ones and things that we do, places we've been, all this kind of stuff. And you're essentially a vessel.
2: But you're saying memory is what you exist on, but memory is not what we exist on. Memory is something that we associate in the past. Right. So, you, we can, so you can actually say that my entire experience is constantly living in the past, but I actually live in the present, which means that this is the place, the only place that you can actually access this information from consciousness. Mm. Can't access information from the past unless consciousness allows me to access information from the past. I'll give you a good example of this. I had a woman um, in the session. There's 900 people live. This is a live session. And this woman said to me, Cornelius, can you ask consciousness or myself, which is her consciousness, why I have uh, osteoporosis on the left hand side of my spine, only on the left hand side, and it affects the left hand side of her body. Now, she's asked me a question, which means I'm able to ask consciousness question. Consciousness said in 1504, this woman got struck by lightning. So that energy of what happened in 1504, that transference of energy, that transference of consciousness is residing in her body right now. Now, here's the thing. Because I have told her the information, because consciousness, her consciousness, consciousness, soul, soul, whatever you want to call it, because she's got this information, guess what happens? Her consciousness knows I'm telling the truth. And what And 900 people watched her body heal? She went into a a somatic experience where her whole body starting to twist, right? She's going into like all these different different, um, positions. And what was happening is her consciousness, which is the ultimate healer, was healing her body. See, I'm not a healer. People think I'm a healer because it comes through me, but I'm not a healer. I'm just somebody who's able to tap into consciousness and allow that version, the best version of themselves, to get healed in 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 such a way
0: so let's let's step back for a second because you said you had this uh, awakening a con- awakening of consciousness um what was that process actually like i know the answer but i'd love okay. to hear i'd love you to tell the audience
2: so when i was in this quantum superposition my wife is the only person, I said you've read the book, my wife is the only person who's ever showed me kindness. The only person. So when I saw my wife hold me in her arms, you know, on the day I was going to commit suicide, I realized that this is what I was going to do. Like, I was going to do this pain and suffering for my wife. I was going to cause it. But then my inner voice, it kept saying, You've got to leave this now. You've got to let her grieve. All you have to do is walk out the bedroom door because this all happened in the bedroom, right? But I was observing it lying down in another bedroom. So my conscious body, my present body was lying down and I saw myself as real as me and you were talking in the past, in the present, as consciousness, as my ego, uh, and as the future version of me committing suicide. Now, if my ego is telling me or my inner voice is telling me To leave this scenario, then what I started to do is recognize that, well, I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to listen to the inner voice. I can actually change my mind. I do actually have a choice. And a lot of us don't realize that we actually have a choice. We either listen to this believing that the mind is who we are, which is not the truth. You know, we're this vibration of love. So what happened is the moment I agreed, regardless of, I mean, I had. I was depressed. I had uh, anxiety. I was suicidal. Um, I was lonely. I felt unloved. You know, I went through a lot of stuff, right? I went through a lot of illness and I had mental illness, right? But I still held down my job. I was still a, you know, designer of my own company. I still held down. I put lots of different masks on. And when I realized I could change my mind, like I had a choice. When I realized that I'm gonna choose my wife. She doesn't need pain and suffering. And I'm gonna choose mental illness. The moment I chose differently, my heart opened up and everything went black. I mean, everything went black, Alex. There was nothing there. I was in this black void of just nothing. And so this is at 9.26 a.m. This is the expense at 9.26 a.m. And I remember being in this black void as consciousness, pure consciousness, right? And I remember being in this black void But I also remembered that I was actually also lying down in another bedroom. So in a present state, I was aware that I was in a black void as consciousness. And what happened is I was looking around in consciousness, didn't see anything, and I don't know how long I was. And then all of a sudden in the far, far distance, I saw a blue dot, one single blue dot of light. That's all it was, out of nowhere. And as I focused on this blue dot, I realized that I was witnessing the start, the birth of the universe. I was witnessing the start, the birth of of consciousness. I was witnessing the start and birth of love, which is consciousness, right? I was witnessing it, but I didn't know what I was witnessing. I only know this now, asking the right questions, right? So as I was witnessing this, what happened is I felt a, I call it a, a fire, an energetic fire sensation that started what most people call in the root chakra, right? I didn't know what it was at the time because not spiritual, not religious, so I had no idea what this was. But I felt this feeling of something was burning, something was happening in the base of my spine. And then all of a sudden, it traveled up one vertebrae at a time. And when it got to like maybe about three vertebraes, um, it felt like, and I can only describe it the way I described it, the way I experienced it, it's like somebody got a cattle prod And just zapped me all the time, and what happened is this pain was so intense that this energetic fire then moved up into my groin area. Something happened in my groin area; fire was happening. Then it moved up into this this area, which I know is the solar plexus, right, the third energy center, and it started to turn anti-clockwise. Right? There's this fire, this this, and I thought, like, I mean, I just went into a vortex of pain. And I can't describe it anymore. It's the worst pain I've ever experienced in my physical life. And I've been raped and abused, molested. This was the worst pain I've ever experienced. And it felt like somebody was just ripping out everything in my body. Then it moved up into the heart center. And it felt like I was having a heart attack. I tried to call Siri, as you know, in the book. Couldn't call Siri because what happened is I thought I was having a heart attack. Tried to call Siri. Tried to phone my wife. And because I couldn't phone, because my throat caved in, I couldn't breathe. So something was happening in this direction. Then somebody, I felt like somebody got a scalpel, cut down the middle of my throat, pulled open my skin,
1: and I felt pain in front of my face. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Again. I was
2: only fixated on this blue dot, Alex. So in my consciousness, this blue dot was now a blue sphere, and it was coming closer and closer. In my present life, I was in fucking pain. Absolutely painful. I've never experienced anything like it. It was pain. And then all of a sudden, this energy, what I know now is an energetic fire, was moving through my body, clearing out what needed to be clear, all past traumas. This is what I experienced, right? But at the time, obviously, I didn't know what this was, right? but I was still fixated in consciousness on this blue sphere. Now this blue sphere was getting larger and larger and it was coming towards me. And as it was coming towards me, it started to turn into a white sphere. Now, as it was turning into a white sphere, my body was going into a different type of shock. Something was happening and I couldn't quite work out what was happening. Again, if you don't know this information, how would you know? It's impossible. And then through the peripheral vision, I saw a big white circle, like a tunnel, and it was just zooming. And it was getting closer and closer and closer. And this white sphere was coming closer and closer, closer and closer and closer, closer. white sphere was coming closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, there was a circle like a tunnel, like a complete circle, a bit like this one, Alex, a bit like that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. big circle and a white dot, right? That's what I was witnessing right in front of me. And then the circle, started to move clockwise. And as the circle moved clockwise, whatever was happening in my body also moved clockwise. So everything was syncing up. Again, know it now, didn't know what it was before. And I was still in physical pain. Then my head started, what it felt like, as I described it in the book, like a jack in the box. Something just blew out the top of my head. And then what happened is the white sphere Paused, the white circle stopped rotating, and the white sphere ran straight in front of me, hit me in the middle of the forehead like a big white explosion, like Thor chucked his hammer at me and woke me out of whatever state I was in. That state lasted around about six hours. I had no idea where time went, I had no idea where I was, but I was out of that state. That moment that white sphere hit me in the forehead, I was awake like in real world. So it's a very unique situation because one was showing me my old life, making a choice. Do you commit suicide? The new version of me, which I know now, which is a 2.0 version of me, I had no idea what happened. I Googled it. I actually went, sat on the sofa, and I started Googling, white light hitting me in the forehead, um, white light um, and, it's white, uh, and a white circle. Couldn't understand what I saw. And why would I? I don't know what to Google, right? All I got was Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Cause I kept typing in four hammer in the forehead, white light hammer in the forehead, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Now the weirdest thing is the following day, Alex, my wife went to get a haircut. I woke up in the morning and I just got up, didn't think anything of it. I picked up my first cat, which is Zelda. And she felt different. My cat felt different. And I've known this cat for five years. This cat felt different. And then I was like, wait a second, this can't be right. So I picked up my second cat named Link, right from Zelda and Link Nintendo. I picked up my second cat and yet I could feel every fur on his body, in my body. Now, this is the strangest thing. Throughout my entire life, Alex, I have have a phobia of spiders. I've killed spiders all of my life. Every single time I've seen a spider, I've killed it because I've always been fearful of spiders. Now, on the 29th of March, before my awakening, I killed a spider. But on the 30th of March, the day after my awakening, a spider ran across the carpet. I looked at the spider. The spider looked at me, and I knew I was a spider which freaked the fuck out of me because I'm like, how do I know I'm a spider? Wait a second. Where's that? Where's what, what's happening? What's happening? And I started to panic. And then what I noticed is everything that was in front of me was HD. Everything was 4k resolution. I looked outside and I knew I was the clouds. I knew I was the sky. I knew I was the trees. I knew I was the wind. I knew I was the sun. I knew I was the bird sitting on the fence. And I knew I was the fence itself. How did I know this? I had no idea, but I knew it. Like it was a knowing. Like a pure knowing that I wasn't me anymore. But I always knew that there was something else, but I couldn't work it out. Now, what happened over the seven days, I was trying to explain to my wife, all these things that was happening. My wife couldn't get it. She's not spiritual, right? Why would she? Right? I'm trying to say, by the way, I'm a table. My wife's going, yeah, that's nice. By the way, I'm a cat. Yeah, that's nice. By the way, I'm the grass on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife didn't get it. And on the seventh day, I sat on the sofa and I said to my wife, I've never lied to you in 10 years and I will not lie to you now, but I have no depression. I have no suicidal thoughts. I'm not anxious. I have the phenomenal amounts of love for myself. I have so much joy for myself. But here's the strangest thing. I have no inner voice. There's nobody in my mind telling me or chatting to me. It's completely gone. It's like somebody just took the plug out and never plugged it back in. Now, my wife said, that's impossible because everybody has an inner voice. And I said, I don't think that's actually true. I think we actually grow the inner voice, which is the ego. Well, we grow it in a negative way rather than more in a positive way. So that was like the first two days of my awakening, going from pain, suffering, trauma, having the choice that we have the choice to change our mind, knowing that we are love, and then waking up knowing that this is love. So one of the things I'll just explain, how do I live? How do I live in this present state? How do I function is, I remember saying this to my wife, Alex. I remember saying to her, and I broke down in tears, and I said, I don't love you anymore. And my wife said, what do you mean you don't love me? So I'm in an awakened state. I said, I don't love you anymore. I don't have the same feelings that I used to have. And my wife said, I don't understand. I said, well, I try to explain it the best way I can. Before, I put you on a pedestal. So my love was measurable, right? Our love is measurable. But I know that I am love. So if I know I'm love, I'm unable to measure love because I am love Mm. and everything just started to click. Now, I don't know why things were starting to click, Alex, but things and information was ready for me to understand how this world works. Now, again, I don't know this information. It was presented to me in a certain way. So I knew I was love. I knew I was joy. I knew I was happiness. So how do I live my world now? In love, joy, happiness, there is no higher. I know it because I'm exer- I'm experiencing it right now. There's nothing else.
0: That's remarkable. Mad. Uh, it's, it's mad, hey, right? It, it's it's well, it's not only mad. I mean, it's insane. But it is so beautiful in the way that you present it, because the concept of what you're saying that you're the spider and you're the table is you're the con- We are all one. We are all part of the same thing. The concept of the law of one, the oneness. Your book one zero, it is all one, and that is the message that this show is trying to put out there into the world: that we are all one. There is no separation. The delusion is separation, and 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 that is what people are starting to wake up about. Because if you know you're the person that you're about to punch. You'd be punching yourself, correct? Or you can. So everybody's something? a
2: reflection of you. It's just that whether we want to see that reflection in ourselves, and we don't. That's why it's called. That's why Wano is. A, it's a self-reflective autobiography, <laughs> which means you're in part one of my life because mm. everyone's in part one of my life because that's who you are. Part two, which is the awakening part, all the really amazing stuff regarding how to heal yourself how to change your thoughts, new thinking, new possibilities, part two heals part one. But it's happening at the same time. The more you have, the more you realize that you are part one, the more you realize that part two heals part one. Mm. So when you say, you know, we're having this realization of oneness, there's so many people. I've met 6,000 people, right, Alex, doing what I've been doing for three and a half years. And they all talk about enlightenment. They all talk about oneness. But here's the thing, one is having a relationship with yourself.
1: One with yourself. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Right. See, one means enlightenment of eternal
2: life, which means you are consciousness. You do not die. You're not born. You are it. You are the vibration of love. That's what one O means, right? Enlightenment, eternal life, the acceptance of I. Once you realize that you are consciousness, that you are the vibration of love, then all of a sudden you are one with yourself. There is nothing greater because once you're one with yourself, you're one with everything else. See, the mind creates that separation, believing that. Well, only if I've got my thoughts. I mean, if you think about it, I think there. I thought I think therefore I am is actually wrong. I think therefore I am is just a program saying, well, it's creating separation. But actually, we're created to something bigger, something more. It's always been there, Alex. Consciousness has always been there. We just believe we are smarter than what came before us. Now, the Zero. beautiful thing, right? The beautiful thing about part one of 1.0, and get it, it's traumatic. You know, it's not an easy read, right? It's not for everyone, right? Because it shows you and highlights. That this is what we do to people. This is what we do to ourselves. That's what we do, right? Is it, you know, when you say I got bullied at school, so I got bullied for school at six years. Now, we actually do that. We do that in our family life. We bully people, right? We manipulate, we're narcissistic. We do that in our family life. We do that in our relationships. We do that in our working life. What I do, or what consciousness brought me as a book, they just highlight that this is not the way to move forward as a unity, as as humanity needs to grow in a very different way. We have to change the way we live our lives. We have to change the way we think.
0: We have to live differently, Alex. Well, and the thing is, I love about part one of your book, it is that it's brutal, but we are are more brutal to ourselves than anyone can even be to us in many ways. We destroy ourselves. Just constantly, this voice beats us up, tells us we're not worth it, tells us this or that, you're this or that, and these programs that, you know, it's... The thing is that we come into this world perfect, an empty, clean slate, and then everybody around us is throwing their crap on top of us, all the programs. By the time you're seven, whatever programs have been around you are the ones that are installed in your operating system. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to deprogram yourself. Right. For right. the most part, for the most part, I mean, maybe you have you were born into a saint's family, uh, but that's generally not the way it works here. You come here because you got to learn. So, and we spend the rest of our lives trying to deprogram ourselves. You just got a fast pass to the deprogramming process, where you literally, yeah, from what it sounds like, felt an immense amount of pain for those six hours and experienced it all. And it's just kind of like, In many ways, it's kind of like giving birth. I don't know what it's like giving birth, ladies. Please don't send any emails or messages. But from what I understand from my wife is that there's so much pain in in sometimes a short amount of time, but relatively speaking, a short amount of time, whether it be a few hours or a day or two of, of labor and then there's that moment of pushing and the second it's out it's gone the yeah. pain
2: and down. i think i think you know i looked at it and like you know my awakening lasted for you know around about 40 39 years right so i was going to commit suicide at 4, 45 but i was shown through consciousness how to wake up the issue is is we never look up right we never see what consciousness shows us right in front of us because we're so like far in the future, anxiety, we're always in the past, living in the past, pain and suffering, so we're never present, and yet consciousness is showing us how to wake up in the present. Now, I believe the way it works for me and how it's worked for the hundreds and hundreds of people I've helped um, through my, you know, my live guided, you know, you could say coherence healing daily retreat sessions, right, which is health and wellness, I see these amazing transformations because you're doing it in the present. We're showing people that if you really want to heal yourself, you can, you can actually heal yourself. And I'll mm. give this a great example of how we, how we heal ourselves, yet we forget it at the same time. So if you cut your finger, you don't, you don't have to worry about your finger healing itself. The finger will, cut, your finger will heal, right? You cut your finger and consciousness will do all the healing. So our bodies are designed to heal ourselves. But the issue is, is when we've been programmed to go outside of ourselves, when we are programmed to go to the doctors, right? And there's some amazing doctors out there, open-minded, not saying all doctors. But when we're programmed that all the healing is done on the outside, we actually forget that we can actually heal ourselves on the inside. Mm-hmm. Like we forget that. I forgot that. No one told me. By the way, Cornish, did you know you can heal yourself by just changing the way you see yourself? No, that's bullshit. Because if it's true, I would know about it, right? No. Mm -hmm. I only know what I know. Right? I only know what I know. So why would I know anything different unless you're exposed to it? So you don't know you can heal yourself because you've never been exposed to it. You never knew that you could actually ask consciousness for help because no one's told you it. And if you have, then it might have some type of religious or spiritual layers on top where you might not even agree to it. So somewhere in the past you know, during the live sessions, you know, daily live sessions. you got people going, oh, my God, I don't know whether to speak or not. And I'll say to them, you might have actually agreed when you was about six or seven years old that nobody wants to hear what you have to say. So you created a program based on your mum. You know, you got two children. By the way, this is a smart one, right? He's going to do amazing in life. This one here, she's the quiet one. She's the shy one. So if your parents are saying you're quiet, you're shy, and you believe your parents, why wouldn't you? Then you're going to create a program of nobody wants to hear what I've got to say. I have no value or worth. But that's not true. It's a program. It's a pattern. It's a belief. Now, what you have to do is undo all those old beliefs, all those patterns, all those programs. And it's not easy, Alex, as many people do. There's many people out there who try to give you this information, but this information comes from their ego at the same time, right? So they're saying, by the way, this is what you need to do. I've got an ego. I'm going to tell you how to do it. But when it works through me, and you have no inner voice, you have no ego, and you know that everybody is love and joy, and happiness, consciousness works in the most amazing ways because consciousness will show you live every single day these people who have transformations, miraculous healings, instantaneous healings through their own healing. Again. I'm not a healer. I can't do this. But they can heal themselves if they're open to trying and something completely different. Well,
0: what's the which power is of the, healing themselves? Which is the power of the placebo. Right. That that's it, That's a complete demonstration of what you're saying. The mind heals the body in a miraculous way because of its belief in a sugar pill. Correct. Because it believes I, in the story that the person in the white coat told them and they believe wholeheartedly that that is possible, but it's just all this muck and programming that they have to go to kind of
2: all the way through. So off. realistic, right? Yeah. So realistically, as you've read in my book, I came off a motorbike at 100, 130 odd miles an hour, broke my back. All the doctors told me I wasn't going to walk again. All the spinal experts told me I was never going to walk again. I was never going to walk again because they told me. Right, I had no feelings in my legs. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to them because they're the experts. They know what they're talking about. And I spent two weeks listening to Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, not the happiest album, right? But I spent two weeks listening to that, right? And then I realized, wait a second, I want to go to university. I want to play football. So what I did is I started to imagine myself going to university. I started imagining playing football. And guess what? Two weeks later, I walked out of the hospital. I healed myself with myself, but did not realize it because everybody said, oh, by the way, it just, something must have happened. But actually, it was me that happened. I healed myself, but everybody said that's impossible. So because everyone's telling you it's impossible, you go back to that programming again. They must be true. They're smarter than me, right? They're doctors. Mm-hmm. and so society and i'm not going to go into the how society and mainstream media but we're programmed to believe in a certain way we're meant to stay in a low vibration you're not meant to awaken you're Fear not based. meant to ascend Fear right based. you're not meant to heal yourself right. you're not meant to do this you're meant to rely on making money and allowing other people to do all of that for you but what i show you on a daily day basis is you can heal yourself and people heal themselves live in front of 900 people. Depression, gone. Cancer,
1: gone. Anxiety, gone. Where they didn't be able to walk. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. They had to walk with
2: a walking stick. They had to walk with a cane, as a, with a, a frame. They stood up and walked because consciousness is the ultimate healer. And you are consciousness, which means you can heal yourself. you just got to allow it to happen. But a lot of people, Alex, they just want this, fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me, without learning that actually if you do not change the way you treat yourself, it's coming back. It's going to come back. That illness will come back because you haven't learned to be a better version of yourself. You're still (laughs) living in the mind. You're still not being kind to other people, and you're not being kind to yourself.
0: But you're not not raising your vibration. You're not raising the frequency that you're at. Because love is is the highest frequency where fear is one of the lowest. Correct. So how do you move through that? Yes.
2: Right? How do you move through a low vibration when your mind is saying this is not going to work into a higher vibration? It doesn't matter, Alex, what people see on my my daily session. It doesn't matter. If they don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. So consciousness showed us a different way. See, I can't do meditations, never liked meditations. I believe meditation was hard, so I never did it. So if I believe through my past experience, living in part one, that meditation is hard, then consciousness is going to show me a quicker, more effective way to help people move forward using the techniques of meditation, but not doing meditation, right? So what happens in Coherence Healing is we actually physically raise your vibrations to where you can actually feel your body vibrate. You can feel the energy centers open up. You can feel your nervous system vibrate. You can feel your throat vibrate. And because it's a self-validation experience, you can't unvalidate it. It's your experience. So instead of watching people and you go, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great for them, but it's not worked for me. So what we do is we have to raise your vibrations physically, which means you're shaking away all the lower vibrations. It's why a lot of people have somatic experiences, Alex, right? They just go into these somatic experiences because they're shaking away beliefs, programs, emotions. They're clearing away to what already existed, the light within. See, enlightenment is on the outside. The light within is on the inside. So people are looking in the wrong place. Instead of focusing on here, they should focus on here. Now, again, being in, the, being in the, um, um, part one, not knowing this information, how do you convince somebody that they have this beautiful vibration of love? So we have to change the way they think. New thinking, new possibilities, right? Because it doesn't matter if you don't believe you can heal yourself, it will never heal. So we change your thinking update your OS, right? Give you brand new firmware like a mobile phone, right? We download it. We install it into you so you have a healthy belief system. A belief system that you know, validated by yourself, that you can heal yourself. And guess what? Hundreds of people are getting healed every single day in our sessions. Hundreds from many different ways.
0: Well, just so people understand that, you know, a lot of people think might be listening to this and think this oh this seems a lot of things sound a little off uh, yeah. in our conversation to say the least. But just the concept of vibration, I'm like oh that's really woo woo. I'm like mm-hmm. well if you just look at the science, just the science, straight hard science. Every cell in our body vibrates at a frequency. Correct. And that's all not-
2: frequency, all frequency holds information, bit like a radio station.
0: Correct. So
2: what we're doing. Through, through consciousness, it's not me, consciousness will say, raise the vibration of the liver from 142,000 to 617,000, tuning in to the correct frequency, to the correct information. Which means instead of your liver being like that over many years, through emotions, through you know, physically abusing it, yeah. right? Instead of your liver being like that, what happens is we correct it to the correct vibration. And guess what? You go back to the optimal frequency, which means you're healing yourself because you're allowing it to happen. Right? What? It's not rocket science how this works. It's just, it's new. It sounds woo woo. But Alex, this has been around for thousands, thousands. and thousands of years.
0: I mean, it's just... just that we're not exposed to it. Well, acupuncture has been around for what? four or 5,000 years and it's energy. It's flow of yeah. energy. Their system is about f- releasing flows of energy. Traditional
2: Chinese it. medicine, meridians. They talk about It's 5,000 years old, China, mm-hmm. traditional Chinese medicine. They're talking about this energy that goes through your body. Because we can't really scientifically prove it, it doesn't exist. But this is what I say to people. You can't really believe in scientific reports because they have a slightly agenda. See, I read a report two years ago that said coffee was bad for you scientifically proven published in a journal but six months later i read another scientific report that said coffee's good for you now we've got misinformation which one do you go with and this is how we work if you like coffee it must be good for you if you don't like coffee there's a reason why i'm not drinking it so realistically it's our beliefs that allows us to move forward same information same journals it's just we're not experiencing what this is all about, which is it is just pure consciousness. You are consciousness, the vibration of love. That is it.
0: You know, it's so simple. I've heard stories of yogis who will take a hot tea or eat like a hot pepper or something like that that would kill a man or something like that. And he would just and laugh. And they would sit there waiting for something to happen, and nothing would happen because their vibration is at a, such a level that Correct. it doesn't even it doesn't affect them at all because their own ability to control their own
2: and certain vibrations. Oh. So if you have a high vibration, and so for a good example, on so I was you know clinically I was depressed, suicidal, and I used to drink alcohol, right? I used to drink vodka, right? And I used to smoke marijuana. And it was that my way of just escaping, trying to go to sleep, like you know, a lot of people do, they just want to forget about numb the pain. And so that's what I used to do with my wife. And um, but after my awakening, I rolled a joint, right? Smoked it, nothing happened. And I was like, that's really strange because yesterday or a few days before I got really high. This doesn't work. So I smoked another joint, full joints. That didn't work. I smoked six of them, Alex. On the bounce, none of them affected me. Now I said to my wife, she came in from work and I said, I'm gonna roll your joint. Can you just smoke this? And she had one puff and she was Oh, yeah, just yeah, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty chilled, right? I said, That doesn't work for me anymore. Now it took me a long, long time to work out through questions and through meeting people that actually marijuana has a certain vibration. And if you're higher than that vibration, marijuana doesn't work. If you're higher than alcohol as a vibration, you can't get drunk because your vibration's higher than what it is. So now you realize, wait a second, no wonder alcohol has a high vibration and why people get drunk and why they're dependent on it is because it gives you that buzz. It gives you that feeling. But if you have a vibration higher than alcohol, you ain't gonna get drunk.
0: It's impossible. It's exactly the same thing that happens with the yogis. Right. they the, the alcohol doesn't do a thing to them because it just doesn't affect drugs don't do anything to them. It just doesn't affect them, because they're just playing on a different playing field than the rest of us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I went so I went clubbing with my wife. I went with my old friends, right They're in the, they're in the book, um, Derek and Lynn. you know, they saw me through a suicidal program. you know, I wanted to commit suicide, and they saw me, you know, I was at my lowest vibration, and um, and then my awakening happened. And again, couldn't quite understand it. I had this amazing amount of energy running through my body. I was love, joy, and happiness. I was in bliss. I felt content with everything. I mean, I was in touch with everything in this world. Me and my wife went clubbing and my friends came up to us and they said, what are you taking? And I just turned around and said, not taking anything. I said, that's bullshit. What are you taking? Because you are bouncing off the floors. You're in a different vibration. And I said, I actually found love for myself. And I don't need alcohol. I don't need drugs anymore. And he went, you're talking shit. And you know what? This is what amazingly happened. Consciousness just said, you know what? You do not need these people in your life. And eventually they just disappeared. All the friends that I believed were my friends, actually weren't my friends. They consciousness just pushed them to one side and said, you don't need these people in your life. You don't need people creating drama. You don't need people creating misery. What you need is to be in a group where you hold the vibration for other people to heal.
1: You hold that vibration high. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So my awakening
2: was an awakening of myself, love. My awakening was myself, joy and happiness, but my awakening allows other people to awaken as well. That's how, we, that's how we tip this world back into balance. Because here's the thing, Alex, and it's the most simplest concept, and no one can really understand what I'm going to say, but it's the simplest concept in the world. I promote kindness starts within. But well, we've been told to be kind to other people. So yeah. I say, which is consciousness, consciousness says, promote kindness starts within. Because if you are kind to yourself, 100%, yeah, living from the heart, Everybody that you touch, everybody that you meet will never know pain and suffering because you're kind to yourself. That means if everybody was only kind to themselves, Alec, if only one person was kind to themselves, this whole world will turn into balance overnight because nobody would create suffering for another person because you know for a fact you can't do it. You can't be unkind when you only show yourself love and kindness.
0: That's the reflection. That's the mirror. You want to hear something funny is that as you're saying this, the thing that pops into my head is like in fifty years or six or a hundred years from now, they're gonna look back at this time and say, Oh my God, they were barbaric. Oh my god, look what they used to do. They used to live in a fear-based society. Right. A completely right. fear-based society. the same way. We look back at the dark ages or look back at the 1800s or the early 1900s or the 1700s or any time before us. We look back and just go, My God, look at the barbarians. Look what they did. You know, and yeah, we've evolved to a certain extent. But we're well, still
2: technology, dealing- technology has evolved us to a certain extent, but we haven't evolved. We still well, live in the mind, but we don't really live in the heart, Alex. Yes. Do you know what I mean?
0: But with that said, we as a species, as humans, yep. have evolved to a point where we won't allow parts of the world, at least, won't allow Correct. some of the barbaric things that happened in the past, which were just every day, you know, just even looking at in the 50s, you know, you know a segregation, just that alone in the United States was accepted widely. Slaves were accepted like just any like yes, it's like owning whatever. Those concepts, generally speaking, there is still that in the world, but it's much less than it was a thousand years ago.
2: And you know the reason why that is is because people, one person can actually make a difference. Correct. Right? It's one person who says enough is enough. Now that one person, you might have a lot of people, and you read it in my book, they'll say you can't make a difference. But actually, you can make a difference. You can actually make a difference in one person. And, you know, when consciousness said to me, and, you know, you've read the book, consciousness said, Cornelius, will you help heal the world one person at a time? Start within, then family. That's what consciousness asked me. And I said, yes. Didn't realize what I was saying. Didn't realize what I was agreeing to, right? And then I realized, wait a second, how can I help somebody? How can I help somebody? And then I said to consciousness, in this very unique state, this very deep meditative state, whatever whatever I was in, this this vision, consciousness said, I'll show you. And they showed me a book with this cover, exactly like this cover, with the word wano, a gray man with dust, white light coming from his body. They showed me, and then they told me how to write this book. My consciousness guided me and showed me how to write this book. Now, here's the beautiful thing as you said right at the beginning, is one person, you believe one person can't make a difference, but that's untrue. We actually make a difference. Like you, Alex, you're interviewing one person at a time. That one person will inspire hundreds and hundreds of people, right? So one person does make a difference. The difference is is whether you're going to believe it yourself or you're going to allow other people to do it for you. (laughs) See, that's the world that we live in. We live in a world where, do you know what? I like what Cornelius is saying. I like that. You know, just be kind to yourself. I like that we're going to tip the world into balance. I like what he's saying. I like what he's promoting. But you know what? I'm going to leave it to somebody else. And that's the attitude that we have. I'm going to leave it for someone else. And I always use this analogy when we drive. See, I am the worst driver in the world, Alex. Nobody likes driving behind me because I let everybody in. (laughs) I let everyone in. So if they're sitting there, right, waiting to get out onto the road, onto the highway. I slow down, brake, and I just flash my lights, wave, and I just let the person in, let the next person let the next person in. I got the cars beeping at me, and I just allow it all to move into flow because here's the thing. I have a conscious way of living. Why would I let somebody else do it when I can do it myself, Mm. right? That's consciously living from the heart because here's the thing. There might be a day where we need to get from A to B really quick and no one's letting us in. And then we go, oh my God, you see, no one's letting us in. Then we create anger, frustration, but actually you never let somebody in either. Now we're playing a mirror effect. Do you know what I mean? Like it's playing out in our own life. So one person does make a difference. You make a difference. You make a difference in somebody's life. The issue is, is when will you make a difference in your own life? When will you choose you? When will you be kind to yourself in the things that we watch, in the things that we read, right? When will we choose this kindness, the one that starts within? So when you think about going back, we tip this world into balance in many, many years, and we actually do that because we're growing through consciousness. We're actually having the awareness that we actually do make a difference. Because once you're kind to yourself, I'll do this again. Once you're kind to yourself, Alex, once you realize that your love, joy, and happiness, once you realize that your consciousness, once you realize that consciousness will provide for you, why would you be unkind? It's not selective kindness. It's full all-in kindness. Yes. It's fully in, right? You can't go, I'm going to be kind to that person and not that person. And I got guided this week um, regarding raw. So I'm funny. it's funny you talk about raw, raw. And it was talking about ascending into fourth, di- fourth dimension, right? And then they're sending into fifth dimension. And I'm laughing. I'm actually laughing at this person because this person's regurgitating somebody else's information, repackaging it, regurgitating. And I'm going, why would we want to ascend into fourth dimension when we're already there? The mind stops us from getting there. We're already there. And law of one says, if you're 51 service to others, you you ascend, something like that. And I was saying this to my wife, when does the 51% start? Does the 51% start the moment you realize you have to have 51% service to others, right? Or does it start the moment you're born? But if it starts at the moment you're born and you're not aware of this, then how would you ascend? So it's confusing messages. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. When does it start? Does it start when you know about it or does it start at the beginning of your birth? Which means if you never knew this, if you never knew how to be kind to yourself, how would you know? Which means... We've already ascended. We're already there. We're already light. We're already love. This stops us accessing
1: it. Very simple. But don't you need to become aware of these things? Well, you do. That's the thing. The issue is, is we've always
2: had this awareness, but we always question what we get shown. See, for a good example, right? As you've, got, as you've read my book, I had a near-death experience. Came off my motorbike. Died, floated above the body, right? Saw myself on the gurney table, saw all the doctors looking out for me, helping me. I came back. So I had a beautiful near death experience. Didn't see any um, light, didn't see any, uh-huh. didn't see any of that, right? Went back into the body. I explained what I saw. I explained how it was 100% accurate. And everyone said, that's impossible. You must have dreamt it. So realistically, consciousness, even in this conversation, is
0: showing you the truth. It's whether we believe the truth. Well, well it's the exact, to use this analogy, it's the four-minute mile. Nobody Correct. believed it was conceptual. Like, oh, someone one day, it's not humanly possible to run a mile in four minutes. That was the belief. And nobody was able to do it. But the second that one guy beat it within a year 20 other people beat it and, th- and it just kept going and going and going because the belief changed and what was possible in our it, it's it's a, the writing is on the wall if we allow it and accept it Correct. in our lives it, it, we, we've all had glimpses of it too i i even in your well own i think life- you
2: get a glimpse every single day alex because you mm-hmm. you're right the impossible becomes the possible right that's right. really what we're talking about
1: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
2: There is a world behind this world. I call it a Harry Potter world, right? I like Harry Potter. There's a world behind this world. Now, consciousness is showing you this world. The issue is if you're not present enough, you will never see it because we live in the left past or we live in the right future. But some people live in the past and the future at the same time. So why would you see it? Why would you ever see what you're meant to see? Because we're not present enough. You're just not. You're not here. You're, you're in you're the past here. and the future. You're not leaving. Correct. You're not in the moment. Correct. So you'll never see it. But consciousness is showing you every single second that you are more than your physical body, that you're more than your mind. It's showing you a way to move forward. It's whether you recognize it or not. So we're having an interview right now, beautiful, beautiful conversation, beautiful chat. People are going to resonate with what I'm saying, resonate with what you're saying. Some people aren't right. That's just how it is. Their level of consciousness is going to be different. See, my wife, my wife is so smart. My wife also had an awakening, right? So me and my wife had, we got this awakening together. So we can talk about consciousness. Otherwise, who do I talk about? And my wife said, we're talking about, um, This double split experiment, I was looking at Mm -hmm. quantum physics, right? We're talking about the double split experiment and how consciousness intervenes, right? That's what they're saying through that experiment. And my wife said, how would you ever measure that experience or that experiment? Because everybody's level of consciousness is going to be different, which Mm -hmm. means you can never have a baseline of what consciousness is because everyone's level of consciousness is different. So it can't be measurable. And that's why a lot of people struggle to understand consciousness because you're understanding consciousness from the mind of somebody who has an ego, inner voice as consciousness. Unless you have no inner voice, bit like what I have, and there's a lot of people who have this experience, right? They see consciousness, they see the world differently. They see it as in very clear, like it's almost objectives, right? You're unable to evaluate anything. You just see it for what it is, pure truth. Now, to get truth out is hard because here's the thing, and this is, again, the things that we talk about in these group sessions, these live sessions that we do. You either want to be right, Alex, ego, or you want the truth. It's one or the other, right? Unless you start going, maybe the stories I keep telling myself might not be true anymore. Maybe actually, I'm listening to an old version of myself, unwilling to even accept new information. And I say this to a lot of people tell me something you don't know. Tell me something you do not know. And no one can do it because everybody knows something from the past. So unless you don't know something, then it must be new. And unless you're willing to expand your consciousness, It has to be in the way of new information.
0: Has to be. But with all that said, and I agree with you 100%, and I think this is what the big problem is with so many people, is that when new information is introduced, that contradicts the programming that they have. That programming is the foundation of their existence, be it religion, be it diet, be it... Mac or PC, be all of it. Any right. anything that is a foundation to their belief system,
1: Correct.
0: and if you introduce something new, they not only can't accept it, but will fight actively fight against it because they can't even allow that thought to be available Correct. because it it just it completely scares the living hell out of them.
2: So you're absolutely right. So Derek and Lynn, my closest friends. They saw me suicidal. They saw me. I wanted to commit suicide. They saw me try to do this. My mind was absolutely gone. Right. But the moment I healed myself, right, or consciousness healed me, whatever you want to talk about it, the moment that happened, I said to them, I have no depression. I'm going to write a book regarding how you can heal depression. And guess what happened? That's impossible. You can't heal depression. But I was depressed. Now I'm not depressed. I'm presenting it right in front of you. And they're still going, no, we don't believe you. And it's a bit the part I wrote in the book, which is a bit like the Matrix with Agent Smith, where Agent Smith just pops up any now and then and tells you, no, this is the way, believe in this way, believe in this way, believe in this way. They can't break the program of what they already know. It's impossible, right? So they saw their best friend, right, which is, you know, Derek, he saw his best friend try to put his head through a computer. And then he went there, went to see him two months later and said, I have no depression. I'm not suicidal. I'm going to write a book regarding how to heal depression. I know how to do it. It's impossible. But you see me. I'm I'm healthy. I'm happy. Yeah, I don't believe you. So it doesn't matter what information you present him, it's the foundation of that programming. That's what needs to change. The stories we tell ourselves, the patterns, the loops. Because if you do not change the programming, Alex what will change?
0: Nothing. Nothing you just changes. go
2: back to your own
0: loop. That's and, it. And that's, that's one of the biggest problems we have in the world today is that people are stuck in this kind of vortex of their own beliefs. And when something new is introduced, they fight against it being political yeah. or religious or anything like that. Whereas if you were more open, like people can, the thing is that people could tell me all their beliefs and their religious beliefs, let's say, and I'd be like, "Good for, if that works for you, God bless, move, move on yeah. with life. I, if, it, if you want to be a Catholic or a Jew or a Muslim or, or a, whatever, it works that it is not hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And you believe that, and that's the way you get towards the divine in this life. Go with God. That's, where, that's the path you're walking. Yeah. But so many people, when you introduce an idea like as simple as reincarnation, it just throws their entire world upside down because they're like, well, wait a minute. The church has told me this, and I, if I believe in that, then the, everything they told me is wrong. The, then what have I been lying? They've been lying to me. That makes me stupid. If I'm stupid, I can't have that. And, but, but, and it, uh, just, right. it, just, it just goes down this world where they just fight. As, they literally fight, kill. I mean, the Crusades. I mean, Jesus. Uh, all this stuff that's happened in the, in the course of history is based on this programming and fighting against it. But if you open yourself up to new ideas and feel what it makes you feel like, like when I heard reincarnation for the first time, I said, that makes sense to me. That's a truth inside of me. There's no one's going to convince me otherwise, because I just know that that is true for me.
2: So for me, with reincarnation, because, you know, I got drummed into, like got drummed at the age of 10, that this is religion, blah, 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 I didn't like, I didn't understand it. I wouldn't believe in reincarnation 100%, right. Right? right? All the way up. I never did. Why would I? Because it doesn't make any sense, right? This is who I am. This is who I am, right? right. So why would I be somebody else? Because this is who I am. Now, again I, again, I wouldn't know about reincarnation, but I remember sitting on my sofa. I was watching a Liverpool game. Um, again, this is all in the book. So, you know, this is my story. This is the awakening part. I was sitting on the sofa. My wife was in bed, it was about 1.30 in the morning, and I said to myself, right, I looked, and saw these flowers, and I said to myself, consciously said to myself, I wonder what my mum would think right now that what's happened to me. And then I heard my mum laugh. Now, I haven't heard my mum laugh in five years. She passed away through pancreatitis, right? And I heard my mum laugh in my left ear. And I remember going, how is that possible?
3: How can I hear my mum laugh? And
2: then I turned to the side and I saw my mum as a reincarnated version of her, like a shadow, like a hologram, whatever you want to call it, like a light body. I saw it in my third eye, right? On the wall, put one hand on the wall, the other hand was on a bed, and she was laughing her arse off because she realized that I just understood what reincarnation was. I realized that consciousness has always been here. See, reincarnation is a word that just says, your are consciousness, you're going to go into a physical body, you're going to have an experience on this planet, and then at the end of this experience, however you experience it, whatever experience you give other people, you're going to leave this physical body, you're going to go back into consciousness, and you're going to probably come back down in another physical body to experience this planet again and maybe learn some lessons, right? Maybe that's how it is. But because I saw my mom, I realized something was happening inside of me. New information was coming through. Now, I remember this one because my mom was the very first one. I sat with my wife and I said to my wife, this is going to sound
1: crazy, but I can see Princess Diana in the corner. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Hmm. And my wife says, what? It says,
2: Princess Diana's in the corner. I can see her. Then I saw Albert Einstein. Now, Albert Einstein was telling me about quantum physics. Now, I've never even heard of the term quantum physics, Alex. Why would I? Right? Never heard of it. So why would I know about quantum entanglement? Right? Why would I know how quantum physics works? I never knew it. But I, he was telling me it. And then I saw Jesus. Now. Jesus is the one that I would just go, yeah, I'm not really sure. But I saw Jesus, right? And he said to me, Cornelius, I'm here to help you create balance in this world. Now, I'm saying this to my wife. I'm going, and there's um, I can see Jesus. He's right here in front of me, right? And my wife's going, what do you mean you can see Jesus? I said, well, I can see this man, and he looks like Jesus, what I, what I see. But he doesn't look like the Jesus that everybody knows but I know it's Jesus because I have this knowing that this is a man called Jesus. Now, I saw this through, again, my third eye. I saw it, and then everything was new information. Again, information that I never had, that I never was experienced to, never privileged to even have. But I knew this information from somewhere. It was coming in so quick that I started to realize that maybe I got my entire life wrong. And guess what? I got my entire life wrong. But here's the most amazing thing, Alex. I have absolutely phenomenal gratitude for all my pain and suffering. I am so glad my life worked out the way it worked out. Because if it didn't have that pain and suffering, if I didn't get treated with such disrespect, if people didn't treat me the way they did, I wouldn't have had my awakening. I wouldn't be here now talking to you. I wouldn't have been helping over 900 people daily. I wouldn't have wrote an amazing book regarding how to heal yourself. I am so grateful now for how I got here because how I got here was my journey. My journey was to awaken. That was part one. You only realize how amazing part one is when you get to part two. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is you've got to get to part two to appreciate part one. Right. Yep. That's the issue. So the issue is now is how do we get people to appreciate part one when you realize that you're meant to be here you're meant to be here to make a difference in this world alex you're meant to be here right now interviewing me interviewing all these amazing people because mm-hmm. you said in consciousness i want to make a difference in this world now how you do it is your journey that's your journey mm-hmm. but once you realize that that's what you're meant to do. And it's not purpose, by the way, right? Everyone says, corneous, you know, when I do these sessions, corneous, what's my purpose? Well, purpose is singular. So if you hold your whole horse, your whole life on one single thing, purpose, expectation, right? You're going to be disappointed. But I say to people, let's look at it from purpose on a daily basis. Your purpose is to be kind to yourself. Because once you're kind to yourself, everybody else benefits. So your purpose is to be kind and loving to yourself. Now, purpose going forward like yours, Alex, is unlimited possibilities. Every day is unlimited. It's whether you look up and see what's right in front of you. It's whether you say, do you know what? I'm going to send that person who's not feeling good. I'm going to send that person love, right? Because we can send people love. It's free to give away. The issue is, is if you've never given yourself love, how the hell do you give love out for free, right? Yeah. Right? That's the hardest thing. If you've never received unconditional love, how can you give yourself unconditional love? Right. If you've never received it. So again, it comes back to right at the beginning. The programs that's installed from early age, from our childhood, all the way through our teens, all the way through our adults' life, and even right now, is about shedding that programming and realizing that you can move into a higher vibration. Live life in a different way. And that's why. Consciousness gave me the um, one-hour way of life. one way of life is uh, living from the heart, awareness of the mind. It's nine principles given to us by consciousness. Six, layer, six layers of being kind to yourself. Now, if you follow those layers, follow those principles, guess what? You'll be kind to yourself. You'll live a beautiful life, happy life, right? But everybody else will as well. I don't yeah. think this is hard. I don't think we need to tap into channelers, right? I'm not a channeler, right? I just tap into truth, right? This is truth. It's up to you to recognize this truth. It's up to you to expand your consciousness and go, do you know what? Maybe there's something in this. Maybe I'm the one that's holding myself back with old beliefs. Maybe if if I just allow something new to happen, maybe my life will move forward in a different way. Maybe I'm meant to hear this right now, this interview right now. And if you're meant to hear this interview right now, then have gratitude for how you got to this interview, right? You follow the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. The breadcrumbs keep going. You're trying to move forward in life. You're trying to move more in flow, right? Consciousness moves in flow. You allow consciousness to guide you rather than the belief that you need to control your life. Right. Right, you can't control life you can control aspects of your life but you can't control everybody else's their narrative is different their agenda is different their meaning, their perspective is different Alex, so instead of trying to control and getting frustrated let go allow it to happen because consciousness has always been here Mm -hmm. we just believe we're smarter than what came before us and that's not true I'm living proof of it, right? How can I go from suicide to only doing what I do? I mean, we have, we have people in our group, right? Alex, and you've, you know, you've been part of this group, right? You've done a couple of sessions and that. We've had people in the group who say, Cornelius, why, why do I feel a certain way? And I'll say it's because you're holding the emotion of not being kind to yourself or not good enough, mm-hmm. right? That's the emotion, not being kind, right? And then they'll say, where's that held? And it's a bit like Louise Hay, right? Louise Hay's is amazing, right? Louise, Louise Hay will say, you know, this emotion of anger and frustration is held in the liver, right? And that's all done by muscle testing and stuff like that. And that's all good. But not everybody's the same. So your anger and frustration might be held in the first rib on the right hand side, right? Everyone's different, right? So what I say to people is place your awareness, focus, and attention on the right rib. Your consciousness is telling me where it's held. All you need to do is make it present. And guess what happens? That rib starts to vibrate. It releases the emotion of not good enough. And they start to realize they can heal themselves right there and then. So that means they are good enough. See, that's what happens is we're a walking hard drive of our life. And the hard drive needs to be cleared. It needs to be defragged. Right? You need to get rid of the folders and the files. You need to allow new files, new folders. Right? But in order to allow new files and folders, you have to get rid of the old ones.
3: Yep. No right. question, my friend.
2: So illness is a byproduct of our emotions and feelings. Illness is a byproduct of our thoughts, our beliefs. See, I had prostate cancer. I had testicular cancer. My body was ridden. I have no cancer, no illness, right? I have no aches and pains in my body. Why? It's because I got healed Because I changed my mind based on love. I healed myself with myself because I am love. Now, again, that's woo-woo. People are going to go, oh, my God, that's really like, wow, that's out there. But it's not. (laughs) Because there's gurus, there's people before me who talk like me. I don't go on the YouTube. I don't read books, right? I sit at this desk every single morning in front of 900 people, and I help them move forward. I show them a different way of living, one from the heart, not the mind. And guess what? Their life is changing and transforming.
0: One of these, I will have you back, my friend. You will come back. We will have mo- many times I'm going to have you back, my friend. You're a fascinating, fascinating soul, and I appreciate everything you're doing. I am going to ask you uh, some rapid fire questions I ask all of my yeah. guests. What is your definition of living a good life?
2: Being kind to yourself.
3: What is your definition of God? Love. What is the ultimate purpose of life? Being
2: kind to yourself.
0: And where can people pick up your book and find out more about you and the amazing work that you're doing?
2: Uh, Books on Amazon. Okay. So books on Amazon. Um, audiobook, Amazon as well. We've got audiobook and uh, that book. Um, and if you go to coherencehealing.love,
1: or um, then I'm there, okay? I'm there. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Regarding my book, Alex, just so
2: we just finish off, you've read my book. It is raw, it is truth is unapologetic. It is my life. It is out there. It is graphic. Not for everyone. But I can tell you right now, whoever reads that book, part two will heal your part one.
3: And do you have any final words for our audience, my friend? Let me do it from what consciousness would
2: say. Okay, so don't say anything. Hey, family, how are you? What's the last words to this beautiful community who's listening to this interview?
3: Trust what you're seeing,
2: trust what you're hearing, trust your intuition and make a choice and make that choice that makes a change in your life. Be the change.
0: My friend, thank you again so much for being on the show. I look forward to our, next conversation, my friend. Thank
2: you. Beautiful. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.
0: I want to truly thank Cornelius for coming on the show and sharing his journey and knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 216. And there you will find a link to discounts to his healing sessions and other services.